You're about to listen to a message from Savannah Grace Chapel, Port Harcourt. May these words bear fruit in your heart as you listen. Hallelujah. Amen. Please let's be seated. Thank you, Pastor Emmanuel. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Okay, welcome to church. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, um, well, today um, I just want to talk about something that um, uh, is bubbling in my heart or laying in my heart. Um, there are, I actually want to talk about something then. Something else, this one came up, so I'll talk about it, and I'll cook the other one for some time later. Amen. Amen. Well, um, this evening I want to talk about what the title, um, and, and I am hoping, it's just one, a one-off message. Amen. This evening, I don't know why it's important to me that I just preach one message <laughs> instead of preaching a series. Amen. Hallelujah. This evening I want to preach about something I call the joy of the Lord. Amen. I don't know the title, so maybe after I finish, Lucky and them, they will give you the appropriate title. But I want to, let's talk about joy this evening. Amen. Amen. Um, okay, before I read the scripture, let me just begin to, let, let begin to talk. You know, um, joy is different from happiness. The two of them are not the same thing. They look the same. They look alike. On the surface, they look alike, but they are not the same. Joy is different from happiness. Happiness is based on your circumstances. Amen. Um, if you if you get a million dollars today, no matter how your problems, you'll be happy. Uh-huh. You, I mean, no matter what, you'll be happy. Uh, well, most of us who are Allow God to work on us. We'll be happy. If you get a million dollars today, you'll be happy. If, um, okay, let me enter, enter somebody. If you get home tonight and you meet correct food, hot sizzling food, you'll be happy. Amen. May I lie? You'll be happy. I know that you're not going to bed this evening eating Indomie with uh, suya. <laughs> Amen. But you see, what I'm, the point I'm trying to bring out is that happiness is based on circumstances. Happiness is based on uh, happenings around. Happiness is based on, let me use the word, good happenings. Well, for normal people, because some sad, sad things make them happy. But for us normal people, happiness is based on what happens around us. Amen. Joy is not like that. Joy Interestingly enough, in fact, by, according to New Testament, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is something you cultivate. 
Amen. Look, I can be in the middle of the worst of situation and I can still keep my joy. You know, something um, my wife always says that, no, for those who are listening, there's something Pastor Eli always says that um, for the online listeners, there's something Pastor Eli always says that um, if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't steal your goods. Amen. If the devil can't steal your joy, I see. Now, why is it that say that is something from that statement? That means that your joy is something that can be stolen. That means it's, it's, it's a is a is permit me to use the word is is like it's an oxymoron or what? I don't know the English now. It's an intangible, tangible thing. I don't know if you understand. What I mean. You can't see it. You can't touch it, but it's real. Amen. Amen. Now let's let's go to um, the first scripture I have here. All these people that like to preach my message before I preach it, yeah, and they're not supposed to be technical people. <laughs> Amen. Habakkuk chapter three, verse from verse seventeen. He says, though the, fig tree, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be in the vine, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the field yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Amen. Let's go back to 17. Let's, let's, let's go there a bit. You know, Look at the picture of 17 that I just painted. This is a green, gory picture of financial disaster. Because, like, well, well, you, we, also, we, always, we, we know, or we've been taught, the, the um, Israeli economy was largely based on agriculture. So, these things, I mean, and these things were all, look, when it talks about the fig tree, it's a cash crop. When it talks about the vine, it's a cash crop. When he talks of the olive, it's a cash crop. When he talks of, he says, the field may yield no food. Though the flock be cut off from the, from the fold. The flock, they were, they, they, they were shepherds, nomadic people. I say that, look, all these things may fail. You know, you, you know so I start from saying that. Things happen to us in life. Amen. I mean, there are things that you're putting your trust in. There are things that you expect to stay the same. And they fail. They may fail. And sometimes they will fail. Amen. Let's not go into the reason, going to propound any spiritual reason why they fail. Let's see what he says. Verse 18. He says, yet. He says, yet. In spite, let me use another word. He says, in spite of that. What says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. He says, I will rejoice in the Lord. See, it's not saying that um, 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 I will rejoice. I will rejoice like a crazy man. I just choose, just start laughing. You know, sometimes, I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I've watched movies where the guy just loses everything. I mean, he goes. 
totally bankrupt. Just sit down and start laughing. And that's not just laughing. From, he's laughing. He has just, his mind has just snapped. No, that's not what he's talking about our case. He says, yet I will. I, it's, it's what I consciously do. It's what I, I, I make up my mind to do. I will rejoice in the Lord. So that means that it's a choice. I can decide that I'm not rejoicing. I can decide I am rejoicing. It's what I choose to do. I will rejoice in the Lord. And why am I rejoicing? I'm rejoicing. How am I rejoicing? No. I am rejoicing in the Lord. You know what that immediately shows me? That I've taken my eyes off the situation and I've put it on God. Who is the solution? Or I put it on God who is bigger than the, the situation. Or let me put it another way. I put it on God. I put it on the Lord who I believe is capable of changing the situation. But it's a choice. It's what I choose to do. It doesn't see. You know what it's saying from here? It doesn't come natural. It doesn't just come, it's not a, you know, you know oh, you know, a big man of, big man of faith, big man of the spirit. Oh, so when things happen to me, I just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I've reached, I've reached levels. No, 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 no. Some, some, around 2000 or so, bad, bad story, but around 2000 or so, there was a story of one pastor that committed suicide. I don't even heard about it. He had a big church. He had a very, he had a flourishing church. He had a happy family. Well, seemed to have a happy family. I don't even know. I, I never followed up the case because it was not good news to me. But he had a flourishing church. His, his family was happy, looked happy. And the guy killed himself. I don't know what it was. Something might have happened and he just couldn't see beyond it. I will and that's one, some of my emphasis this evening is that, see, make up your mind that whatever happens, someone from, from 17 what said, look at the picture he painted in 17. I mean, it was a picture of total disaster. It was a picture of calamity. It was a picture of what else? He said, yet I, we, I make up my mind to rejoice in the Lord. Amen. It's a choice we make. It's a choice we make that we will rejoice despite what is happening around us, what has happened, what has not happened. I choose to rejoice in the Lord. He says again, I will joy in the God of my salvation. Hallelujah. I will joy in the God of my salvation. He says, my joy will be in the God of my salvation. And what is the word salvation? Deliverance. So, you see what, why he's rejoicing in the Lord? Why he can join the Lord? Because he knows God is his salvation. See, the, the fastest way out of every trial, every depression, every uh, um, uh, um, um, hardship, every heartbreak, whatever it is, the fastest way out of it is that you fix your eyes on God. You choose to rejoice. Amen. Amen. I will joy in the God of my salvation. See God as the God of your salvation. See him as your deliverer. 
see him as your helper. See him as your um, 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 sustainer. See him as your provider. See him as your keeper. See him as your all in all. It makes it easy for you to joy in the God of your salvation. Verse 19. This is a beautiful picture. So let's go from a green picture to a beautiful picture. See what it says. It says, the Lord God. You know in 17, he says, I will, I will rejoice in... Go back to 17. Somewhere, something to say. N- uh, sorry. 19, yes, 18, 18. He says, I will rejoice in the Lord. He called him, says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Now go to 19. You see, he combined the two. The Lord God. He says, I, the Lord God is my strength. The Lord God is my strength. That's why people, why people give up in the midst of um, challenges and trials because their strength failed them. You know, the Bible says that um, if you fail in the day of adversity, then your strength is small. Amen. So, what it's saying, what that scripture also is saying to me is that um, I can stand or I can stand strong in the day of adversity if my strength is great. Does that, does that make sense? Does that sound right? If my strength is great, it's not saying that adversities will not come. <clears throat> you know, a lot of times, we preach this gospel of get born again and your problems are over. You know what that, that anybody who preaches that gospel, you know what he's saying? Get born again and die. Because it's the day you die that your problems are over. As long as you are in this earth suit, you will face trials and difficulties. Because even Jesus said it. He said that you will face the, um, 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 temptation. But what does he say? He says, rejoice. Why? Because you have the victory. Amen. Amen. So, he says that if you fail in days of adversity, then your strength is small. Glory to God. Now, see what he's saying here. The Lord God is my strength. So, if the Lord God is your strength in the days of adversity, you say that you will stand strong. Hallelujah. He said, the Lord God is my strength. Then he goes on and says, he will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk on my high heels. Not um, <laughs> Amen. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk. Uh, Old King James says, He will make me tread upon my high places. Amen. Now, now you know, this is very interesting that he says that he will make my feet like hind's feet. Deer's feet. He make my feet like hind's feet. You know, I, 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 when I saw, I was, I was looking, I was reading up on, on, on the deer, and um, because I was, what's so special about the the deer, and that, you know, I also discovered that this, um, the Lord make my feet like hind's feet. There are three other references of it in scriptures. So, so something peculiar about the deer and all that. And I was reading up about the deer and the hind feet and all that. You know, number one thing that I, 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 I read is that the deer, the hind feet is where they have so much muzzle in. They have... Yes, sir. 
so that you know a deer can I mean by the time it's if a deer is going to take off it's the hind feet that shoots it forward amen that's the power that it has in the hind feet that's number one number two is that the deer can actually unlike any other animal the deer can actually come put its two his the hind feet and the four feet he can actually put them together and stand like that amen so that gives you the advantage that it can climb it can seem to walk upon even like looking like horizontal surfaces now it, you, you know the the deer is one animal that you find climbing mountains that you climb very tall uh, mountains steep mountains or steep um, edges to go and eat grass and can actually climb, not just quickly climb it, he just slowly walk there, gathers himself and stay there and be eating those things. Amen. Amen. So when he said that he makes my feet like hind feet, he makes me walk on my high places. He's saying that God makes me, gives me agility. God gives me power. God gives me strength to be able to walk over those circumstances. Amen. Amen. Now, look at something. He says, go back to 18. He says, please combine 18 and 19. So I just will not be doing 19. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will join the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet. Yet I will rejoice. See, the reason why he's experiencing this um, dear feet experience, why? Is because he says that I will rejoice in the Lord. I want to say that how do we overcome um, difficult times? How do we overcome difficult situations? Is that we choose to rejoice in the Lord in the midst of it. Amen. Amen. You know, when you're rejoicing in the Lord, what you're doing is actually making God bigger than the situation. That's what you're doing. You're just simply, it's, 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 it's like an act of faith, just simply saying that, Lord, I see you bigger than this situation. And as you see, as you magnify God, God gives you the ability to overcome those situations. Hallelujah. Let's look at uh, um, um, other scriptures. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. It's lucky already projected that. He says, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send a portion to those for whom nothing is prepared. For, for this day is holy to our God. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Amen. What we're focusing on is that statement. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Say it again. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Now, like I said, my focus is on, on, on just that, end, that last bit. It says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Amen. Now, if, if, we do, if we do this, 
I don't think we'll be doing too much, we'll be doing any damage to the scripture. Remove that word of the Lord. The joy is your strength. Amen. He says, joy is strength. That's the point I want to emphasize here. That joy is strength and strength is joy. Joy is strength and strength is joy. Amen. He says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy that the Lord gives is your strength. The joy that the Lord provides is your strength. Amen. Amen. See, whatever you are going through in life, whatever we are confronted with, let's not lose um, let's not lose focus on the fact that God is giving us joy. God is providing joy. I see where I say that is that is a choice that you make. You can choose to receive the joy and be joyful, or you can reject the joy and be and be sad. You can choose the joy, be joyful, receive strength, climb over your high places victorious, or you refuse the joy, stay in sadness and be defeated. Remember what I said? Pastor says, if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't steal your goods. You know, one of the fastest ways that the devil steals from us is by stealing our joy. Once he can take away your joy, once he can take your, um, um, once your joy is gone, your focus is on the situation. But once you keep your joy intact, your eyes are focused on God. Amen. Your eyes are focused on the greatness of God. Your eyes are focused on the, on the bigness of God. And then you experience God coming through for you. Amen. Let's look at another scripture. Basically, just look at some, some scriptures. And my job is done this evening. Philippians 4.4. 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Amen. So, what does always mean? When God does that miracle for you, it's the only time to rejoice. When your breakthrough comes, it's the time to rejoice. What does always mean? Always means all the time, under every circumstances. Rejoice in the Lord always. Remember what I said about joy? That it's a choice you make. Because he says rejoice in the Lord always. I can choose that it's only when things are good that I rejoice. Amen. But the God's command is that rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let's go on. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 5. Verse 6. It says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with what? With thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. It says, be anxious for nothing. 
things that happen around us that can make us anxious. Amen. But he says, be anxious for nothing. Refuse to be anxious. Uh, can, can you give me that uh, in, in Amplified? He says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. He says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. <laughs> you know, this is hard. But God says it is possible. God is, not a, God is not an unjust God that will tell you to do something that is impossible. Oh yes, it may be hard to do, but God says you should do it because it's possible. I know a lot of times, those things that we feel are hard, as, when we begin to focus on God, when we begin to focus on his word, when we allow our heart to remain on what he is saying, all of a sudden, it becomes easy. Amen. So he says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, thanksgiving is added to it, with thanksgiving. Amen. See, I think I've, I've said it here before that we, you, can't, you can't, when it says that, with, um, by prayer and petition, you can't do that and you can't do it thanksgiving and be grumbling. Let me give you an example. You are praying to God. Say, God, ah, um, Lord, I thank you. I thank, okay, let, let, me, let me do it the way Lord, I thank you. I thank you that my life is like this, so nothing is working for me. I thank you because you say you should do it with thanksgiving. Does that kind of prayer make sense? Amen. So you see, you see, sometimes, and truly, that's why I, I, I believe that scripture is just God. 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 That's why the Bible says that all scripture is inspired by God. I believe God inspired it because. And sometimes if we just take time to think about it, we begin to see actually what God is saying. But in everything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and supplication, definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. So it's not even saying that, don't ask God, say, I need new shoes. It's not saying don't ask God for new shoes. Amen. What he's saying is, how you ask God for it. How you ask God for it. Amen. Now, listen to this one. Okay, let me do the two first. I need, a new, I need, I need new shoes. I'm believing God for shoes. Say, God, I thank you because I don't have shoes. Oh. God, I thank you. I thank you because look at my shoes. The whole shoe is worn. It's bad. It's, uh, so, the Bible says we, 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 I should let, let you know we thank you. God, I thank you. I need new shoes. Oh. I thank you. I need new shoes. Oh. Compare it to this. Father, I thank you because you always provide for me. Thank you because shoes, what are shoes to you? You can give me the shoes of my desire. I receive the shoes of my desire in the name of Jesus. Thank you because you are a loving God. You care for me. You're mindful of me. Every time I remember it, I say, ah, oh, thank you, Lord, for my new shoes. God, Amplify says that continue to make your wants known to God. 
So how can I make my continue to make my wants known to God that doesn't sound like unbelief? Is that I'm constantly thanking Him for it? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I want the results. Verse. Verse what now? Eight. Okay. He says, and God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of his soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so, fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort it, that is, that peace. You know, it's all this grammar that he did is describing the peace. He says, and God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. I don't know talking about this evening that, look, you must come to a place how, how, how you can allow joy to fill you at every time is that you come to a place where your eyes are constantly focused on God. Your eyes are constantly focused on what he has done for you, what he has provided for you in the sacrifice of Jesus. That shoots peace into your heart. Amen. He says, and so fearing nothing from God or being con- and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort it is, that peace will transcend all understanding which which transcends all understanding. You know, sometimes if you, if you allow this thing to work well, sometimes people are wondering why you are not troubled in the midst of trouble. Amen. I don't know how many of us have experienced some people are, people are worried for you over something and you're not worried. I just, and everybody Hey, so what's it? Calm down. <laughs> it's, it's okay. There's no nothing here. I mean, I'm, he says that is which transcends all understanding shall what garrison. And that's why I love uh, amplified. He says shall garrison. You know what garrison means? It means that it will it will mount guard. Okay, it says Mount God there, the second one. Shagarizin. You know what the garrison is? It's a fortified, a fortified um, installation against encroachment. Nothing can come in. Nothing can come in. That's the garrison. It says that peace of God will garrison your heart. You know, see. I repeat again. As Eli said, if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't steal your goods. What the devil tries to steal is your joy. One of his weapons of stealing your joy is to bring in fear. Amen. You know, the fear of what if, I mean, that's one of the, I think that's one of the most crippling words. What if? What if the Okay, well, I believe in God, though. Um, the money will come. But what if the money doesn't come? What if, okay, I believe in God for my health. What if I don't recover? I believe in God for this. What if it doesn't happen? What if this fails? What if that doesn't work? 
what if, what if, what if, what if. You know, you just stay on what if. I know you can stay on what if, and what if just becomes, all of a sudden, it just becomes a just huge monster. It becomes, in quotes, a reality that is not real. But it says that God's peace will garrison your heart. God's peace will mount garrison around your heart so that that fear cannot penetrate. The fear comes and bounces back. The fear is coming. What if you say, no, <laughs> what if what? God, what? What if it happens sooner than I expect? With the God I serve, God doesn't feel. can't start feeling on my case. Amen. He says the fear of God shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. It goes back to those who have talked about um, the heart and the mind. It says we must guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. The devil is constantly, we constantly be bombarding our minds with fear. Constantly bombarding our minds with pictures. I know, like I always say, sometimes you don't even know it's fear. Because it's just, it's just subtle, it just looks, I mean, it's just normal that I am worried about some things. It's just it's just human. A reasonable human being should worry about some things. But you, you know, that's normal, regular, okay worry is opening the door for the devil to operate. Because it's opening the door for the devil to take your attention and your focus off God and put it on the situation. He says, the peace of God will garrison and mount guard over your heart and your mind. It's a choice you make. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's look at another scripture. Romans 12, 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. It says, Rejoice and exult in hope. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Please give me... Uh, okay. Uh, Exult. It says, Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Rejoicing in hope. Rejoicing in hope. You know this, this uh, um, um, uh, um, word hope. It actually means um, I look at it and this hope, there are, there are different words that mean hope, but this one it says it's an expectation of something. Of course, we always say that um, hope, a definition of a, uh, a hope is um, confident expectation of good. So let's, it's, it's still in line with that. But it says an expectation for something. Rejoicing in your expectation. Now, do you see what it's saying here? I cannot be expecting, I cannot be, uh, uh, if I'm in the midst of a challenge, I cannot be expecting disaster and rejoice. Do you understand? See, rejoicing in hope, rejoicing in you know another word we say of hope is the picture that we see. Rejoicing in the picture that you see. So everything is failing. What picture do you see? Things are not working. What picture do you see? 
The economy is terrible. What picture do you see? Rejoicing in that picture. Amen. So that means that I must constantly, I'm going back to what I'm talking about in mind, I must be constantly, permit me to use, use this word and explain this way, I must be constantly recalibrating my pictures. You know what that means? I must constantly working on those pictures I see. I must be constantly shifting my mind back to the right pictures. Thank you, sir. I must be constantly correcting, thank you very much, correcting the pictures. Rejoicing in hope. You can't rejoice in the negative pictures. Amen. Amen. You can't rejoice in negative pictures. I mean, a young person, young person sick on, on a dying bed, say, oh, well, I'm rejoicing at least. I'm going to heaven. No, it's, that's it's comfort. Isn't old? How does the Bible say? That at one twenty you're rejoicing. I said, "Time to go." Call all the children, bless them. Grandchildren, bless them. I mean, you're rejoicing. I'm going. I'm checking out, man. It's like you're going abroad on vacation. You know, you're not going abroad. You're crying. If I give you a ticket now to go to Paris. Women. <laughs> okay, let's spend it their way. I give you a ticket to go to Paris shopping, and I give you a, 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 a credit, unlimited credit card to go to Paris. You won't be crying as you're packing your thing. <laughs> I'm going to Paris. <laughs> oh, I don't want to go. It's just, it's just, oh. No, you're happy. You're packing. You're not sleeping. You're it's not yet time to go to the airport. I don't want to. We don't want any problem at the airport. I want to go get to the airport on time. Let me the digression. See, that's how dying should be for us as Christians. When it's time to go, you are happy. I've done everything. I'm fulfilled. I'm satisfied. I've, I'm, I'm done with this world. I've finished everything that the Father said to do. I've finished all my assignment here. I'm ready to go. It's still part of it. Let's come back to what we're talking about. Rejoicing in hope. And I like that word. Say, correct, constantly, we are correct, constantly correcting the picture. Constantly correcting the picture. Constantly correcting the pictures. Because life will continue to throw all manner of pictures at you. Amen. Rejoicing in hope. Again. We can see that it's a choice. Amen? Is it something you choose to do? Because I can, I can, I can, if I don't choose to correct the pictures, there's nothing to rejoice about. I choose to rejoice. I choose to be joyful. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. See, when you're rejoicing in hope, when you have the correct, correct pictures, when you have the correct picture, whatever hardship that, you, that, that comes around during that time, you are patient in it. Amen. You, 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 you know that this tribulation, you get expiry dates. I'm just looking, you know, pick something and you look at say, this is your expiry date on it. I'm just looking at the expiry date. Best before um, 08-22. We're already in 08-22 now. 
Oh, eight twenty-two is going to pass soon. Hey, we're waiting. Let oh eight twenty-two pass. Let me see how you can cross over. I'm patient in tribulation. Whatever it is that is happening, whatever I'm going through, whatever hardship I'm going through, whatever tough times are happening to me during, the, as I'm rejoicing in the correct pictures. I'm patient in the tribulation. I'm patient in all the sufferings that are happening. Continue steadfastly in prayers. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And where I, I, I like to say, like Reverend will say, prayer is making statements. The things you are saying, they are prayers. Amen. We know the story very well. When the children of, uh, when the sent spies said, um, God said to send spies to go and check out the line, the, the land of Canaan. And the spies came back. Ten of them had an evil report. Two had a good report. And God said, what my emphasis in that story is what God said about, you know, they came and said, ah, the land is like God, but Kai, the land is a land that eats its inhabitants. Da, 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 da. And what did God say? He says, as you have spoken in my ear, so will I do. That's prayers. Because a, 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 a general definition of prayers is Talking to God, Abby. Uh-huh. So, God said, As you have spoken in my ears, so will I do. The prayers you have prayed, I will answer it. God was telling them. So, He says, Continue steadfastly in prayers. Continue steadfastly saying the right things. Saying the right things based on the right pictures that you are seeing. Based on the pictures you are rejoicing in. Amen. Hallelujah. Rejoicing in hope. Glory to God. Romans chapter 15 verse 13. He says, Now, may the God of all hope, hope again, may the God of all hope, may the God of all good expectations, he says, fill you with all joy and peace. You know that, that word peace? It says, tranquil states of well-being. It says, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing. You know, I, 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 I just checked out that word, believing. I'm talking about, of course, talking means faith. But I checked out what that word means. It says that to think to be true. And this one I like, to be persuaded of. So it says that may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in, what's the word I said again? It says, it says, in the persuasion in being persuaded, in your persuasion, I said to the correct one, in your persuasion, what are you persuaded of? Amen? What do you know to be true? Amen? He says, the God, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in your persuasion. What are you persuaded of? Your persuasion will bring joy to you. Your persuasion will give you peace. What are you persuaded of? 
that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That you may abound in hope. The God of all hope make you to abound in hope. The God of all confident expectation of good make you to abound in this confident expectation of good. You know that word abound? It means make you to be surplus. Can you give me um, another translation? Like, Let's say amplified. May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with joy. Bubbling over with hope. Bubbling over with hope. May the God of your hope, may the God of your expectation, May the God of your confident expectation of good, the God in whom you have a confident expectation that things will work for your good, that this thing is turning around to your, to your benefit. As for your benefit. Amen. He says, let him fill you with all joy and peace in believing, in your persuasion. You must be persuaded that God is a good God and God is taking care of you. You must be persuaded that God can handle this situation or rather that God has taken care of this situation. You must be persuaded that this situation is not going to consume you. That you are going to consume this situation. You must be persuaded that you will see the end of this this situation. You must be persuaded of it. If you are not persuaded of it, you cannot be joyful. Amen. Amen. You must be persuaded of it. I say, may the God of, of the God of your hope fill you with all joy and peace in this persuasion that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. Amen. So you see, it's the Holy Spirit that now continues to give you pictures. You know, you, you, you know let, 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 me, let me explain the way that, that, that's coming to me. You know, when he says that the God of, may the God of your hope, what's your first hope? What's the first picture you have in any, you have in every situation? The victory that Jesus has won you. That is what your eyes is focused on. That's what you're looking on. I have the victory in Jesus. I have the victory through his sacrifice. I have the victory through what Jesus has done for me. The price is paid. The devil is defeated on my behalf. The devil has no power over me. The devil cannot... I mean, let me give you an example. Maybe I, I'm going through, through, through a health crisis and I'm saying, no, the devil cannot take me out. The devil can... Jesus paid the price for my healing. Jesus paid the price for my wholeness. Jesus paid the price for me to enjoy life. I am enjoying life. That's what I'm keeping my eyes on. Amen? That's what I'm conf- confessing. That's what I'm declaring. He says, it's so filled with all joy and peace through my persuasion, my persuasion that I am healed. I don't care how my body is feeling. I am healed. I don't care what the doctors are saying. I am healed. Amen? Amen. Now, it says that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound and, and be overflowing with hope. Now, this is how, what, 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 how it's 
He says that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with pictures. So see what happens. I have this picture. That's the first picture I have. That's the first picture I hold on to. The Holy Ghost comes upon me. Then God fills me with joy and peace. Then the Holy Spirit comes upon me and begins to give me pictures. That's when I begin to see the possibility of me getting up from this sick bed. I see myself going about my, 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 my normal life. I begin to, probably I even begin to catch pictures of what I'm supposed to do next year, despite the fact that the doctors have told me that I'm going to die this year. But I can see myself in the next five, ten years. I can see, I can see, I can see me doing things. I can see myself beyond this situation. The Holy Spirit is filling me with pictures. All of a sudden, those pictures are energizing me. All of a sudden, those pictures are giving me hope. All of a sudden, those pictures are stirring my faith up. And then I begin to think, no, I don't have to die. I don't have to die. I can live. I cross across every other area of life. I'm faced with one situation. I'm faced with a talent. I fix my eyes on the finished works of Jesus. I see what he has done for me. I rejoice in it. I begin to declare it. I begin to speak it. Then God fills my heart with peace. God fills my heart with joy. Then the Holy Spirit begins to paint new pictures to me. He begins to paint pictures of victory. He begins to paint pictures of deliverance. He begins to paint pictures of, of breakthroughs. But first of all, I chose to rejoice. Amen. I chose to believe in the finished works of Jesus. And because I believed in it, it brought joy to my heart. What are you looking at? What are you focusing on in the events of life? Amen. Like we said, it's, 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 sometimes, depending on what you are going through, sometimes it's hard work. And that's the hard work we are called to do. It's hard work that I constantly keep my mind on what Christ has done for me. I constantly remind myself that in him I have victory. I constantly remind myself I mean, I can't remind myself that God loves me and he's working out everything for my good. I can't remind myself that if God did not withhold Jesus from me, he's not withholding any good thing from me. I constantly speak it to myself. And you know sometimes is that we need to begin to speak those things when, I mean, we need to begin to Permit me to use what we need to, we need to practice rejoicing when everything is good, so that it becomes a way of life with us. No, if you're waiting till you get into the rut before you begin to rejoice, it it will be difficult because it's not a hab- it's not it's not your habit. But when I train myself, I teach myself to always rejoice in the Lord. I teach myself to always. Be joyful in God. And I say the word that we teach ourselves. You train yourself to always rejoice in the Lord. Philippians 4, 4 that we read. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. It's something I choose to do. Amen. 
We teach ourselves to rejoice in the Lord. We teach ourselves to glory in God. We teach ourselves to be happy in God. Amen. Then, when trials come, when difficult times come, when the storm comes, because the storms will come, then it's easy for us to rejoice in God. Oh, I'm not saying that it's not possible to, but it, it, for me, I believe it would be a lot of work. I'm, 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 you know, winding myself from zero, trying to get myself to rejoice. I'm thinking of all sorts of things. But I've made it, I've, I've made it a lifestyle to constantly glorify God. And when I say glorify God, magnify Him. Make Him bigger than everything. So that when I'm faced with trials, I can easily take my eyes off them and look upon God. I begin to praise Him. Amen. I mean, I, I believe that's probably that's why uh, uh, David was described as a man after God's heart. I, he, he, he was somebody who knew how to praise God was David. I mean, I read his Psalms. Sometimes he's even complaining, God, uh, this, uh, oh, this, 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 this. Yet, I will rejoice in God. He begins to praise God. He begins to, let's not use our word, he begins to psych God. Say, God, you're too much. You, you know, look at, God, you're too much. You submit this thing. You can't, you can't fail now. How bad? You're not you. Amen. It's one of the Psalms that's coming to my heart. I can't. Lucky can help me find it. Where it says, My soul makes boast in the Lord. Amen. But see, we must. And, 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 and see, when you're talking about David, David went, through, David went through horrible things. I mean, David went through situations that you would have just complained. God, I was sitting in my own jail. I was watching my father's sheep. I had a job there. Say, you are the one that sent somebody to come and pour oil on my head and bring all this oil out to me. I didn't ask for it too. Amen. I mean, it was, is that not true? But David, he, he was, he had developed a, and he had developed an attitude, he had developed a lifestyle of always magnifying God, of seeing God as great. And that's what took him all through life. Amen. Start from the beginning, verse 1. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. See, we come to a place where you say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You know, when he says his praise shall continually be in my mouth, that means that it's a continuous thing. It's not circumstantial. Like we said, happiness is based on circumstances. Oh, something happened. This person is good to me. Oh, I'm happy. Oh, this thing happened as I was expecting. Oh, I'm happy. Oh, they gave me, I'm happy. I got a new, I'm happy. It's based on, on those things. But joy is that it's a choice I make that despite anything, I keep on rejoicing. And that's what he was saying here. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse 2. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The, the humble shall hear it and be glad. It says, my soul will make its boast in the Lord. When my soul is boasting, it's in the Lord. 
The things my soul chooses to boast about is the things that God has done for me. When you hear me boast, when you hear me talk big, it's about the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, people, people are quick to give um, 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 excuses for, I mean, reasons for when things go wrong. You know, it's because um, um, I don't know anybody in the place. If I knew somebody in the company, I would have gotten the job. It's because um, um, this thing happened. It's because... Th- you know what you're doing? You're putting your boast in your strength. It may not be your own personal strength, but in, in the strength of who I know, who, who I know, who knows somebody, who knows this person that knows that person. Because when I say, uh, uh, um, um, I hear it say, your, your breakthrough is just, I thought they say that, your breakthrough is just, I think they say it's just two, people, two persons away. One person who knows one person. That, my boast is, is not in that. David is saying, my boast is not in that. My boast, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. I am bragging big on what God has done for me. And for us as believers, we are bragging big in the finished works of Jesus. Says the humble shall hear it and be glad. Okay, let's see the. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. Go on. I saw the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Is it possible to be delivered from all your fears? Answer. Is it possible to be delivered from all your fears? Jeremy says that. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Amen. I remember we said that fear is the, one of the weapons the devil uses to get, gain an inroad to steal our joy. Amen. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. Look to God, we are radiant, our faces are not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angels of the Lord encamp encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want for those who fear him. The young lion, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is a man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord and the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who are broken hearted and save those who have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the weak Christians. Many are the afflictions of who? The 
How many righteous people are here? Don't deny yourself this because you see many. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But! But! The Lord delivers him out of all the big ones. The Lord delivers him out of them all. Amen. Is that all? He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servant, and none of those who put their trust in him shall be condemned. Okay, let's stop here. Plead my case, O Lord. Fight. Oh, uh huh. Pastor Lucky. The Lord redeems the soul of the servant, and none of them who trust him shall be condemned. Now, I, 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 I believe the Holy Spirit brought this scripture to, to show what I'm saying. This is what David, this kind of man that David was. Can you see that even in this, even in this psalm, David is still talking about some of the things that he's going through, but because we're talking about when the Bible said that let your request be made with, uh, with thanksgiving. Can you see that? David is still talking, but it's in his presence of God that he's even mentioning the troubles that he's going through. This guy, oh, many are the afflictions of Christ. But, ah, what's compared? The Lord delivers him out of them all. I'm delivered out of them all. If you go through this psalm again, you see where David's focus, where David's attention was on. His attention was on God. And all through this psalm, we see him magnifying God, making God bigger than anything that he was going through. Amen. As you magnify God, as you make him big, amen, you gain victory. You gain, let me use this word, uh, you gain ascendancy. That means you gain heights. Amen. You gain heights of victory. But see, you must choose to rejoice. You must choose to rejoice. Let me end with where we started from here. How about Cook chapter 3, verse 17? Seventeen. It says, though the fig tree does not blossom, nor fruits be in the vine, the labor of the olive may fail, and the field yield no food. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stall, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. See, let that always be the punctuation. What was the word there? Let me use punctuation. Let that always be the punctuation whenever you are going through any difficulty. That word, yet, despite all this, I choose to rejoice in the Lord. I choose to glory in what God has done for me. You know, sometimes the way, it's not sometimes, so, uh, the way we talk about our problems. Maybe we don't, a lot of believers don't know it. But the way you talk about your problems is actually, you're actually glorifying Satan. Things, things have been tough. Things have been hard. Man, been, in fact, sometimes I'm just saying, sometimes I'm just praying, say, God, God, how long? How much more? How much more can I take? Ah, no, Kai. No, 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 things have been bad. Things have been bad. You're glorifying the devil. Ken Higgins said one woman came one day and said that um, um, 
giving the testimony, said, um, the devil has been after me all. I've been, the devil has been, how do you say it? The devil has been after me all week. Oh, praise his holy name. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, actually what she was saying was praising, she was praising God. But it was mixed up. The devil has been after me all week. Oh, praise his name. And sometimes that's what some of us are, 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 are what things we are saying. The things we are we are focusing on because we keep focusing. And, you know, we've also said here that a lot of times when you focus on the situation, you magnify it. You just keep focusing on it, focusing on it, focusing on it. It becomes bigger. Amen. I have a bad bad habit. Well, I've, I've overcome. I think I've overcome it. My life talks about it. Fight my daughter for it. You know, when I was growing up, I hated wounds. If I have a wound and it dries, and this, even the, that dry scalp, I don't like it. So I'll peel it. I keep peeling it. Do you know I've peeled, one time I had one on my leg, I peeled the wound, I kept peeling it until it became a big sore. My parents had to take me to the hospital to, for treatment. They were treating it and putting it And then it was just mosquito bites. But I would just keep peeling it, digging it, digging it. I would dig it. I mean, I, it was very bad. I, I, could, I would dig sometimes. I, I wouldn't get a blade. I used it to scrape the edges. I wanted it to be clean. But I keep widening it. Big, making it bigger. You know, and a lot of other people, you don't have a wound. You just ignore it. You just, you just even forget about it. He, and it naturally just heals and goes away by itself. What's my problem? I was focusing on it. Focusing on that wound. Focusing on that wound. Focusing on that Before I knew it, I, it just began, began to fester. When you focus on the negative, let, let, let me say this and I'll end this way. What you focus on, you magnify. What you focus on, you magnify. So choose what you focus on. Are you going to focus on what the devil is doing or what God has, in Christ Jesus has done for you? Seller. Hallelujah. I see one of the things that we're giving for, to, uh, to, to enhance or help us in our focusing on what God has done for us is the communion table. Every time we break bread, every time we take the blood, we take our eyes off the mundane things. We take our eyes off our troubles. We take our eyes off the, what the devil seems to be doing and we fix it on what Christ has done for us. In what Christ has done for us, we have the victory. In what Christ has done for us, we have the victory. So every time we come to the communion table, we are putting our focus like, like, like um, um, Romans 12, 12 says, we are correcting the pictures. We are correcting our hope. We're bringing it back to say that in the sacrifice of Jesus, I have the victory. And so I can rejoice. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. Connect with Savannah Grace Chapel Port Harcourt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SGC Port Harcourt. And download our messages free on Telegram at t.me forward slash SGC Port Harcourt.